Fed Talks is a podcast for theater teachers and theater education students. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Chrisman, theater education professor at Illinois State University. Each week I bring you stories and interviews from experienced K-12 theater teachers, current theater education majors, professors of theater education, and teaching artists that will warm your heart, renew your faith in teaching, and provide resources to better your practice in your theater classroom. So grab your coffee or glass of wine, plug in your headphones, or turn up your car stereo, and relax. Thanks for joining me for these heartwarming conversations and practical advice from other theater teachers on the front lines making a difference in their students' lives each and every day. I am very excited to welcome to this episode of Fed Talks Robin Needham, who teaches at Friendship Elementary in Dallas, Texas. And uh, I, I've loved talking with elementary teachers this, this season. And I, I shared that with you just before we began talking. And you have some really cool things that I cannot wait to dig into. So, Robin, welcome to the show. Um, just introduce yourself and just kind of share your story. Well, hello. Um, I'm so happy to be here. It was just an honor to be invited to a podcast I didn't even know existed. So (laughs) (laughs) I was like, this is really great to just have the community of theater teachers come together and listen and learn from each other's stories. Um, I was a theater major in college and only ever wanted to do musical theater, theme parks, like that kind of stuff. Like, I just love those type of shows. Um, I was at Six Flags. I was at Disney. I did a really cool um, ESL program in South Korea for three and a half years where there would be um, a group of us that would write original musicals in order to teach English to um, our Korean audience. And I love that job. I mean, it was just a dream. I loved it. Um, From there, I went to Norwegian Cruise Line and I worked for them for a little bit. But then I moved to Texas. I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, I was a theater major. What am I going to do? And my husband was like, you know, they do have theater teachers here. I'm like, what? (laughs) I'm from Ohio. And I just, it just blew my mind. So I got certified to teach theater, um, interviewed in middle and in high school positions. And, um, and then I found an elementary theater position. And I remember interviewing and just thinking, this is what I want to do. This is the dream job, the dream kids, the dream district. I knew I wanted to do it. And so um, I was so relaxed during the interview because the school was an hour away from my house at that time. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I could never take this job. I could never take it. Well, I got offered the job. I took it. And for the first year and a half, I commuted an hour. And I just, I love the job so much. I wanted it. (laughs) Well, I would love to hear a little bit about your, uh, your, your work with, with professional theater, with the theme parks and the cruise ships. And um, what was that like? And what from that did you pull into what you're doing now? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the one I love talking about is um, being in South Korea and just being chosen for that program. I knew I always wanted to live abroad and I didn't really know how that would happen. Um, but I had I'd seen an advertisement, I don't know, maybe like on Backstage or Playbill or like one of those ones that we would look at. And um, and so they were looking for people that could perform, but also like had a trait like choreography or costuming or um, music production. So you could work behind the scenes too. And, um, and I remember like my first couple of months there, I'm like, I love this so much. I already knew I was going to renew my contract, renew my contract again. Um, you were just like living and breathing that job, but I didn't mind. You lived right on the, it was called English village. It's in Paju, a little bit North of Seoul. And, um, it was almost like the 
Disneyland of, you know, um, of teaching English to young kids. Um, we had a theater, but then they also had like other, um, we had like an amphitheater, um, but we had like a city hall and, um, and uh, all these different like restaurants and everything that they could kind of like walk around and take pictures. But I think that that was the one job where, you know, because we had to do the costuming and because we had to write the music or cut the music and write the scripts and do everything. That's what I, when I really learned how to do it all. And then when I became a theater teacher and you have to do it all, it's like, okay, I've been in this position before. <laughs> and if I don't know how to do it, I know how to find people to know how to do it. <laughs> so was that, uh, that experience in, in South Korea, what, um, kind of got you got you into writing your own musicals and 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 things with your with your husband now yeah a little bit so um a couple of years ago gosh more than that probably maybe five years ago or so um, my husband who's a choir director in texas and was a music ed major at texas tech um, you know, we just kind of looked at each other and we we're like, well, we should collaborate on some stuff. It was always like he came home and would tell me his stories and I would tell my stories. And it's like, but we could actually work together and make some make some really cool things. So we thought we would start with some children's music because he was teaching elementary school at the time, elementary music. And we're like, we could use some children's programs. Well, we had just taken our honeymoon to um, on the Blue Ridge Parkway um, in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And we're like, well, let's just, you know, the whole write what you know. So it's like, let's do a music on that music and the history of the music and the influence of that music and it'll be like a little road trip and um, we saw a lot of motorcycles on the uh, trip so we have a little song called Motorcycle Man. Um, we actually saw a bear on the trip and so we have like a little like a uh, song where the kids see a bear and then they start making friends and dancing with the bear and so we're like okay we're really going to do this. Well, man, that was a learning curve, <laughs> learning curve. Holy smokes, like writing a script is not as no, I never thought it was easy, but it just wasn't as successful as I thought it what it could be. Um, and then on his end, like never really writing music other than maybe the sheet music, but actually using programs where you're programming your instrument packets and all of that. I mean, that was a humongous learning curve for him. Um, but I think I've gone off on a tangent. What was the original question? Uh, just uh, <laughs> the... the that was that your inspiration for for kind of beginning the, this musical writing process yeah yeah you know just us being together knowing that we had we both had something to contribute and i had seen it happen in korea i was like you know we we turned around these musicals in three months i was like so we could do something similar here and submit it to some publishers see what happens or self-publish if we wanted to and then it's just kind of like grown and evolved like he's kind of gone in the direction of studying um, film composition and then also doing some choral arrangements for like middle and high school and then i have like kind of transitioned into doing uh, more auditioning for local commercials and then also starting my voiceover business very cool. Very cool. Well, how do you have time for all this? <laughs> like, I'm exhausted listening. <laughs> I know, right? Um, well, we don't have kids, so that is one factor. I understand if you do have kids, yes, you are going home and being a mom and dad. Um, yeah, it is just like straight up. First of all, we love what we do. So we're at school, we love what we do, and then we come home and it doesn't feel like work. I just, I come home and I just love diving right into the voiceover business. You know, it's, it, when it doesn't feel like work, it's not. So I don't mind spending like three hours that evening, you know, behind the computer, you know, writing cold emails, like direct marketing emails to video producers or um, whatever I need to do for the business. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. And have you had anything uh, published yet, or have you self-published any of the the, the work yet? We just opened a store, so um, we have a couple websites. So um, the music website um, behind the Needham House, our business name is the Needham House, is the needhamhouse.com. And so we just opened a store on that site, and uh, my husband's a member of ASCAP, and um, he self-publishes some of his um, compositions. Um, and then we've had a few people like in his district that have performed Barefoot Mountain. I performed it at my school. He performed it with his kids at his school. And then other people wanted to perform it, and we're like, oh my gosh, but we didn't have a way to sell it. So like just out of like good will we're like okay you can use it because <laughs> we don't know how to sell this to you yet but yes that is what we're working on now is a way to kind of just have that into like a place where people can purchase it <laughs> that is very cool i have a friend who um he he's an elementary music teacher and he he writes the musical for his kids every year and i am just floored with the talent and and the time and the the, the dedication that you all have to your students to do that. Um, you know, and, and when I taught high school, we, we did some devised work. We did some original writings of the students and, and directing and producing them, but a full fledged musical and, and doing that with that many students that you work with is just really cool. And I, I'm very well, impressed. Thank you. It is. <laughs> it is a lot of work and we actually stopped writing full musicals and would write just songs. There you <laughs> so, go. <laughs> I was like, so then now we have like, we have a cute one called Tiny Snowflake. We're like, this is adorable. It used to be part of a musical that we just didn't finish because we're like, this is just like a crazy amount of time that we don't have right now. <laughs> so yeah, we have segued into like, okay, let's just pull our favorite songs from like what we have and now we will publish those. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me a little bit about your your program at Friendship Elementary. Oh my gosh, I love being a public school theater teacher. I mean, that is, um, I love being able to reach every single kid at our school. Um, what I think I love about our program is just the, um, like the soft skills and the life skills that I think that come along with it. And just the appreciation of everything theatrical being able to like reach those kids that, you know, maybe they're not that interested in going and seeing a play. But when you mention the theatrics behind, you know, using a green screen, it's like, oh my gosh, that is cool. Or if you go into like a stop motion lesson, they're like, oh yeah, it's like, this is theater. If you talk about their video games or voice acting, you know, like they're just making these connections. It's like, yeah, that is all around us, you know? So theater is more than, you know, just going and sitting in an audience and clapping politely at the end, you know? So you can appreciate all these different factors. <laughs> Um, I, I know the people listening right now can't see you like I can on my screen, um, but you lit up when I asked you that question. Like the smile, I got to me. <laughs> the smile that came across your face was just inspiring. Um, uh, so tell me about some of the, the the cool things that you're doing with your kids. The, the turning books into performances and costumes and making films and. Uh, your yeah, Shakespeare so, lesson with elementary kids. Oh, that's some of our curriculum too. Well, I'll start with like the turning the book into like a performance. Um, that's like a little uh, PD that I did for some of the other teachers in my district. Um, so I really, when I started out, wanted to read, I guess, quality literature to the kids. I just didn't want to find, you know, a, a book that, you know, maybe didn't have a lot of depth to it. And so one of our theater teachers at our school 
was a literacy coach and he really suggested a lot of great stories to read um, and one of them um, being for example like the paper bag princess um, so if you've heard of the paper bag princess it's fantastic and i love reading it so for example i will read that story and we will dive deeper into um, the psychology behind uh, maybe the choices of the characters and then also um, we will uh, discuss how we can make that story come alive the next week so in my classroom i've got bins of costumes and props, hats, flowers, scarves. And then I've also got these um, just like brown boxes that I've like taped together so they look like little columns. Um, and I've got maybe like 15 of those. And then over the years I've collected like little miniature chairs and stools. And so the kids have used these since kindergarten for dramatic play, which is another thing that I love to do with the kids. So by the time they're in second grade, this is a second grade lesson. It's like, this should be more guided than just let's get out the stuff and explore. So we really brainstorm, how can we turn this into a story we can all participate in? And, you know, we cast the show and we discuss like the paper bag for the paper bag princess. But what's really cool is like characters like the dragon in that story. It's like, how can we take 10 of you and have 10 of you become the dragon? And that is, you know, something that they decide. And then where should the cave be? And we build it in a certain part of my classroom. So after this is like all built, the next, this takes two uh, class periods. The next class period, after it's all built, you know, I quiet the class, I get on the microphone, I read the story again, and they are living in that story. I mean, we've got the light shining down, we've got sound effects coming from my computer, I will um, feed them the lines that their characters will say, and they were all experiencing what it would be like to have the dragon come and burn down the town and what it's like to be in the story. And it's really, I think it's really cool. But I've given this PD before to, uh, to some other theater teachers. That's just, that's, yeah, one of the ones you asked about. <laughs> How fun. How fun is that? I mean. Yeah. Um, I forget. What other lessons did you say? The <laughs> Shakespeare stuff, the filmmaking. Oh, the filmmaking. Yeah. So we have it in in my district. We have a film, um, film festival that the kids can participate in. And part of our um, uh, requirements or scope and sequences, third graders learn more about film. So over the years with the third graders, I've done it so many different ways, but I'll tell you what works for me. If you do a film with your entire class, I ask for ideas, then I choose the top three, and then we vote. And I know you can't see me, but that was quotation marks. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a secret vote. And if I don't like the winner, no one knows because we just choose out of the top three what I want. And then we do that story. So they feel like they have some ownership behind it. But there has to be enough characters for everyone. And the entire film is um, a silent film because the audio drives me crazy. It, like, it drives me crazy. It, like it's staticky and like if you put the microphones on them and then you can't hear them. And so I just choose some royalty free background music and we've done a lot of zombie films. <laughs> we go around the school and like zombies are coming and like we're hiding and there's like secret experiments and the lights are flickering um, and the kids love it. And the last film festival that we did a couple of years ago, three out of my five, five films, um, three of three, okay, so I have five third grade classes. So three of them made the uh, top 10, um, which was so super cool um, in our category. So 
it's a nice way to kind of boost your program to be like, hey, principal, look at this. That's fun. <laughs> I would I would love to see one of those if you would mind sharing They're with me. They're on YouTube, I yeah. I won't publish it or anything. I just, I would love to watch one of those. Oh, for sure. One is called The Magic Jewel. And I think that was based on maybe a video game he knew or whatever, but they find a magic jewel and then it's like time travel and everything. And it was so neat. And they turn themselves into puppets. So it's it like, oh, oh yeah, cool. wait till you see that one. And, and the other kids, I show it to the other kids I teach. And they ask for it like years later. They're like, can we watch that one? Do we have extra time? Can we watch the Magic Jewel one? <laughs> and then it's inspiring for them because they know they'll do it in third grade. <laughs> oh, how fun. How fun. Um, well, I, I would love to ask you what um, what has the last uh, year and a half been like uh, doing mm-hmm. elementary theater? And I know from my conversations with Mark and Lena that you all, you were hybrid, you were in person some, and, and what what was the that like with your kids and how are they doing now? Um, well, it's very interesting. You know, um, someone just asked me this last night. Um, it's just so good to be to be back with the kids. Um, I think that they're like in a really good headspace, you know, from what I can tell. Um, and I really like the fact that like my classroom is familiar to them. It's always been a safe place. I'm a familiar person to them. Um, and so they have that level of comfort, even if I haven't seen them in a year and a half, like they it's, you know, they, they know me, they know my classroom, they know that environment. So that's a little comforting. Um, when we first went remote a year and a half ago, um, my husband and I were actually pretty lucky because because I do audition a lot for local commercials, we're set up to do um, videos. Mm-hmm. So we have a blue screen, like we had like the stand for, you know, um, to record the lessons. Um and so we just kind of kept on going, like we just kind of recorded lessons and we did it collaboratively, ones that could be for his school and also my school since we were both elementary. And we would publish things under the Needham House, our business, um, on the webpage. And I mean, the parents were like, yeah, these are great. You know, they, they we, we just kept on going. So um, it was good because it was low pressure for the kids, just something I think the school encouraged us maybe like 10, 15 minutes of a theater or music lesson. And if they want to show you the work, they can. And if they don't, they can just say they did it. And that's fine. But that was good. Um, last year, the kids had a, a chance or a choice um, to be remote or in person. I was entirely in person with the kids. And the way that we did it is because I see the entire school, um, normally I see the entire school in one week. But our fine arts department decided that um, it would be safer if I would see um, one class, but for three weeks straight and then another class, but for three weeks straight. That way the exposure would be a little bit um, lower, hopefully. And I really enjoyed it because I'd never been able to like really get to know and dive into concepts with the kids for three weeks straight. Um, So that's just one way that we did it. And also we weren't allowed to leave our little sit spots. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was thinking at first, I'm like, man, I was like, we're just gonna be in this like grid the whole time with our masks on. But it was beautiful. Like I really got to know the kids a lot we spend a lot of time warming up and a lot of time doing like question of the day and just talking and getting to know each other and really appreciating each other's answers. Um, and we still did and learned about theater. We did the curriculum just in a really innovative way. <laughs> well, and how are you right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm in a good place. Um, yeah. It's really interesting. I was just telling my husband, it's like doing some of these lessons in the beginning of the year 
and not having done him for a year, like a part of me feels like a new teacher in a sense, because I'm like, wait, I'm like, how did I get the kids in the group? Or like, how did I show them this example? Or like when they're making a story to perform on stage, I'm like, how exactly did I structure this? Because I am like, I will structure every single second of their time in my classroom. Like I classroom management is huge for me. <laughs> so I will be like, sit in a circle and you talk about this. And when you're done, you don't move. <laughs> Well, speaking of the classroom management, I would love to dig into a little bit of that with you. Um, I, one of my uh, former graduates, uh, just started her first year teaching, um, and she's doing an elementary, middle school, like combination school. And I asked her after her first day, I was like, "So, how did things go?" And she said, "Everything went great, but the first graders kicked my butt." <laughs> and uh, I, I. I, I believe relationships, like you were just sharing about, is, is the basis for all classroom management. Uh, relationships with your kids, knowing your kids. Um, what are some of your tips and tricks and some of the things that you found that work really well for you? Well, yeah, definitely um, in the beginning of the school year, just really building that community. And I believe like just exerting your authority, you know, like this is my classroom, like I am in charge. Like, yes, we are a community. Yes, we are working as a team. But, you know, what I go say, you know, what I say goes, you know, and then I have um, these five rules that I absolutely love. And I think they're from Drama Works, which I think we're going to talk about at the end. Um, but uh, the five rules are um, number one, decide to try. So it's like, hey, you got to try this. That's the rule. Two is respect. So many things can fall under that rule. Three is act creatively. I'm like, come on, get out of your shell. Let's try something. Four, move safely. So many things can fall under move safely. <laughs> and five is is referencing their audience etiquette. Uh, so I constantly reference those rules. And I think um, and if you're a first-year teacher or in the beginning, you just don't realize how much the kids can do that are on task. You think, because I taught kindergarten for two years before I became a theater teacher, and I was lost. I was like, they're so little. Like, they can't sit still. They can't be quiet when I'm talking. Well, they can they can totally do it. So just like those high standards and you just tell them what you want to do second by second, walk in the room, sit crisscross, look at the PowerPoint, don't talk, catch a bubble, raise your hand to speak. You know what I mean? <laughs> and they'll do it. So setting those high standards, building that community. And then I love my rules. Like for the first like four weeks of school, which is only four classes, you know, we're just playing ensemble games and getting to know each other. And I'm referencing the rules every two seconds <laughs> and positive initiatives positive and my kids will work for I you know the little pom-poms that you get at the craft store they worked for those things last year and I wouldn't have to um I, I uh, like uh, I, I have so many of them I wouldn't have to take them back so I, I would just throw them a pom-pom they would get to keep it the whole class and then that earned them like a little shell or a little sticker at the end of class um or just like a little like random something so they they will work for the tiniest things and if you just focus on all the positive things that they want and just really try to you know You'll do the negative stuff, you know, time out, note home, but just really focus on like giving them the positive stuff. <laughs> That's great. That's great. That's great. Um, in your your experiences, I mean, all the way from from South Korea to where you are now in Texas, what are what are some of those common things that you're finding in in kids um, that that you're seeing as the teacher and leader in the space of what they're needing right now? Um, what do, what do those kids need most right now and how can we as theater teachers help them? 
guess I just, I love the beginning of the year because I think that, yeah, kids want consistency. They want familiarity. They want community. They want respect. They want to make sure that they, they are valued. Um, they want a safe place to express opinions and ideas. Um, they want to, yeah, I said community, be able to fit in. Yeah, and that's what we focus on in the beginning. And then that just like grows as we go through the curriculum. Like that's so important. And without that, we really can't continue and do our curriculum. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how do you take care of yourself uh, through all of that and through all the things that you have going on? Um, what, are, what are some of those self-care things that you're doing for yourself? Well, um, I just bought a new planner. I'm super organized and it's called a Clever Fox Planner. And in it, it has a way for you to kind of organize your daily habits. And I will feel accomplished and I will feel in control of what's happening when I like do my little daily habits. Um, and then also just know what a weekly goal might be or a monthly goal or a three month goal. It even has you do like one year, five year, 10 year goals if you want. So just to really have like a vision of where you're going and to have it written down and to know like it doesn't feel like I made movement, but I did. I'm making progress. And um, I like the planner because it has a life balance section too. So it's like, it's not just work, work, work. It's like, what did you do for um, relaxation and fun? Or what did you do for your relationship or romance? Um, and so just kind of looking at that every week and being like, okay, I had balance this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, in some of the information that you sent me ahead of time, um, I you said we do the Keller Shake. Um, and instantly my mind went to like what the Harlem shake is, but I know that's not what it is. <laughs> uh, what it so is, right? <laughs> uh, tell me a little bit about what that is. Yeah, I know. I was wondering if maybe Lena or Mark had mentioned it, but, um, <laughs> it, the whole idea of, you know, elementary theater, really helping the kids with their social skills and their soft skills, our fine arts director, Kim Bland, um, started what we call the Keller Shake, and it's a way for the elementary kids to learn a proper handshake. So that's the shake part, a proper handshake, and also how to have a two-minute conversation with someone. Um, and so when we break it down, that really involves um, the proper handshake, of course. So we, we, we teach the handshake, but then like eye contact. So we play a lot of eye contact games, um, posture maybe like human clay where we like have good posture, um, good sitting posture, and then listening skills too. It's like, okay, when you're having a conversation with someone, you're not thinking like, okay, I just want to ask this question next. It's like, no, really connect to what you heard. Like, can you contribute to what you just heard? Or do you want to ask a follow-up question? And then they do it with each other, but for the actual competition, they do it with adults. So it's like, can these fourth or third graders, you know, walk up to an adult and introduce themselves, shake their hand, and ask a question and uh, speak at a volume that can be understood. And um, and then we do it on the campus level. We have semifinals where we take five kids from each campus to the administrative offices and administration offices. And, um, and then they get scored. And then we actually have a finals level um, where they go after school with their parents to the administration offices. And there's a big celebration at the school board and everything. How fun is that? <laughs> yeah. I mean... And it, and it goes back to the teaching those life skills, right? Yeah. And it's just it's part of all that you do. That's really cool. What is one of you, what is one of your favorite things to teach your kids? Ah, <laughs> long pause. My favorite things to teach kids. I love 
I, I feel like a lot of theater teachers love directing the musicals and doing the performances, but my lessons are my favorite things to teach the kids. I love the lessons. I think in the beginning, I'm liking all like the community ensemble building lessons. Kids love stop motion or any kind of like green screen experience. I love teaching them that. Um, oh, dramatic play. Dramatic play with kinder in first grade is magical. Like watching them really become different characters and experience different people's point of views and then like problem solve like the story that they're creating and work together and respect equipment and supplies. It is like the most beautiful thing. That's my favorite dramatic play for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, looking back over your career so far what are a couple of your favorite stories and experiences you've had with your students um we do something cool at um in, in my district in keller called the um the kelly's kind of like the tony's and um and so the high school kids will get nominated and um win awards and it's this big um dressed up like red carpet experience but what's really neat is that the younger kids the elementary kids are the ones that are presenting the awards and reading their names oh. and it is the sweetest thing so they all come with their little uh suits you know if they've been to a wedding or something before they're all decked out the girls have these like ball gowns on and we wait oh. backstage oh. and each elementary theater teacher brings like three kids and we go to the podium and the high school kids like love it and um and yet they're so excited they don't know what their friend's gonna win and um and so they announce you know and the winner is and they come up like shake their hand give them the trophy there's like an acceptance speech but i think anything that like connects like the younger kids to like the older kids like anything that shows them like hey like this is a good role model for you or this is like what you could have you know if you continue down this path in in school I love that. I love that, that the whole district is involved and mm -hmm. it's not just celebrating what the high school kids are doing, but all of you, because like, I, like, again, like I said, before we started the interview, like your school district has it going on um, <laughs> for, for those listening. I, Robin comes from the, the same district as Mark Weaver and Lena Palaskas that I've had on the, the, the podcast this season. And you all are just doing such amazing things there. And I hope your administration not just at your schools, but at the district district office level, they, that they that they celebrate what you're doing, and and because clearly they support what you're doing, and that they they want what you're doing in the district. But I just hope they know how fantastic you all are, and the great things that you're doing. It is pretty amazing. And at our last theater conference, our fine arts director was recognized for all of her innovative ideas and probably the elementary theater program, among other things that she is doing that I might not even be aware of. But yeah, she gets a lot of accolades. And when we're walking around the conference and we have our little lanyards and they see where we're from, they're like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. There's so many elementary theater teachers at your district. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. The only other, well, no, no, it, it, the only other thing that a lot of people ask me about is the kindergarten lessons. You know, people are like, oh my goodness, like how do you teach like the little, little ones? Um, and I already talked a minute about dramatic play and how every six weeks I let them create a different story, whether it's at a restaurant, a school, a veterinarian's office. And over the years, I've collected things from the dollar store, maybe donations that will help them set up that environment in my room. And I have a million expectations for them so they do not get out of control. 
Um, but one other thing I like to do with the little ones is take a story, maybe like um, the tortoise and the hare or Humpty Dumpty, and we'll go over that short story. And, and um, I'll introduce them to the concept of the stage. And um, I record that story or the little rhyme on my phone, so I don't have to say it like 25 times. And one at a time, they get to go onto the stage and just like reenact that story in front of each other. And I mean, people think of like kindergarten as, oh my gosh, like they're just going to be like running around, like being all these different like crazy animals and I can't get them to stop. But it's like, these are, that one's a really good lesson if you want to practice audience etiquette. So it's like super quiet. They're going up one at a time. The kids are engaged. Like they're excited to see their friends on the stage. They can only clap like after the performance, like no, hoo, hoo, hoo. Um, and so I, if you just keep on doing that with other stories, like I said, I did, um, tortoise the hair, Humpty Dumpty, but just like anything, you can just like recreate that lesson with different stories. <laughs> well, it, like, like you were just sharing, it goes back to that. You, you're, you hold those high expectations. You give them clear parameters to play in and, mm -hmm. and you give them the space to create that and, and to practice it. Um, and if you give them that space and those expectations, they're going to rise and meet it every single time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Robin, uh, my last two questions are the ones that I ask everyone on the show. The first one is, what is a resource that you are currently using or have used that is a must-have for theater teachers? All right. I have it pulled up because Perfect. I wanted to give the correct information. So every teacher in my district was given this resource, and I'm obsessed with it. It's Drama Education Network or the website is dramaed.net. I am in love with this. So DramaWorks has online lessons. It has a box of vocab words and then also just creativity cards if you're doing improv or just any, like, you know, oh, I can't think of like one more character for this story, you know, like ghost or whatever. So the creativity cards I use all the time, but the lessons are amazing. Um, so they're divided. You can go online and it's divided into, um, are you doing like a pantomime lesson or storytelling lesson, or you can kind of type in your keyword, but I love the way that they, um, they have like, um, it's just one page, but they have, um, like the teacher talk. So maybe what you want to be saying to the kids to encourage them to go one step further, they scaffold it. Like the first time you do it, do it this way, but maybe you could add on and do it this way. So they have tons of different ways to expand that lesson. Um, and it's great for subs too. This, this is what I leave for subs. I'm like, okay, like here are like 10 options for you. And it is so incredibly clear. It's like, do this. <laughs> That's great. I don't think anyone has ever shared this one on the podcast before. So thank you. Oh, good. Okay, great. Because no, I was I... like, oh man, I'm like, it's, it's a wonderful resource. I absolutely love it. <laughs> I get a lot of drama teacher academy and theater folk, but I've, I don't, I've never had this one. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, and my final question is, what are your parting words of wisdom for that new teacher entering this field or the veteran teacher just needing an encouraging word right now? You just have to keep on trying things until you find your style and what works for you. I go to so many PD lessons where there are great lessons, but I'm like, it's just not me. Like, that's not me. That's not how I teach. That's not what I let the kids do or how I let them behave. So you're just experimenting and figuring out who you are as a teacher. And then once you know that you you're going to be you know you're you're just going to keep on going forward so you know everyone has a different personality everyone has um different um ways that they're going to approach things 
And I guess that's more for like the new teachers than the, the veteran teachers, but like we're all different people and we're all going to approach lessons differently and that's okay. Yeah. I, that's what I share with my freshmen every year uh, mm-hmm. when I have them because they, they love to compare themselves to each other or the, the senior who's been doing it, you know, for three years and like, I'm supposed to be that good right now. And I'm like, no, you're not, no, you're not find who you are. And, and, we're going to focus on that and that's how I'm going to evaluate you and, and talk with you. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that's great. That's great to hear that too. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Robin, thank you so much for joining me today. I, I, I just, I wish you all the best with the rest of the school year and your students are so lucky to have you for, like I said, you, you just light up every time you talk about them and it is clear that you love what you do. So thank you so much for all that you're doing. Thank you. I I thought I was the luckiest person in the world when I got this job. Even with my one hour commute, I was like, this is amazing. I love this. And that is a wrap for this episode of Fed Talks. Thank you so much for checking out this episode. Tune in next week for the next one. We have so many great teachers coming up and so many that have already been with us. So if you are not already subscribed to the podcast, go on your favorite podcast provider, subscribe to us, rate us, leave us five stars, review us. More importantly, share the podcast with those theater educators in your life who you think could benefit from what we're doing here on the show. Visit our website, www.fedtalks.com for the pages for all the teachers who have been on our show email me at fedtalkspodcast at gmail.com if you have an idea for a future guest on the show or suggestions or topics that you'd like to have on the show email me i love interacting with you on there and i always follow up follow us on all of the social media that's out there we are out there on twitter at theater ed talks on facebook we have a fed talks page and instagram fed talks podcast once again our website is www.fedtalks.com Thank you, teachers, for all that you do. Thank you for listening. Continue to be the lights that you are and changing all those lives. I appreciate you. Take care.